Hello everyone, welcome back to Honestly Hannah, a new podcast hosted by me, Hannah Coda. In this podcast, I share my honest opinions about all things going on in the world. I'm treating this podcast like a diary, and trust me, I have a lot to say. Welcome to episode three. In this episode, I'm just going to be answering some of your questions that you all have for me just to get to know me a little bit more. Um, And also, there's just some like random questions in there that you guys want my opinion on. Um, Then we'll go into the news, and then I have another story time. Um, because I feel like it's a really crazy story and I wanted to share it with the world because this is one night I don't think I'll ever forget. Um, But before I go and jump into all of that, I do want to let you all know that I now have a Twitter and a TikTok for this podcast account Um, and I am launching it today, um, Monday, February 15th. My uh, Twitter handle is honestlyhannahc. So honestly, Hannah, like you see um, on whatever streaming platform you're seeing it on or whatever podcast platform you're seeing it on, and then the letter C for Coda, which is my last name. Um, My TikTok account is honestly Hannah Podcast. Uh, My Instagram, if you're not already following me on there, is honestly Hannah Podcast, as well as my YouTube channel is honestly Hannah Podcast. So please make sure to go check out all of my socials. I am going to be um, posting some like different segments on there. For instance, it's about to be award show season. So I mentioned last week I'm going to be following the Golden Globes and then eventually the Grammys um, and then whenever the Oscar nominations come out, which is usually after the Golden Globes, um, so then we can get to the Oscars. And I'm going to be watching every nominee or listening to every nominee so I can give my full opinion on who I think is going to win and then we'll see if I'm right or if I'm not, whatever, Um, but so you guys can stay updated on that. That being said, I do want to mention it's Black History Month, of course, and there are three black women who have made such an impact on my life. I feel like I have to share this knowledge um, because without these three women, um, I don't know where I would really be at with my identity. Um, I learned about these three women in college. I know I've mentioned that I went to college, but I did study um, communication, mass communication to be specific. So a lot of media theory, as well as women's gender and sexuality studies. I also have a degree in that. So I studied a lot of feminist theory as well. And all three women kind of pop up here and there in all of what I just talked about. Um, They have massive bodies of work that include poetry, um, you know, essays, dissertations, just bodies of work that are so influential and so part of American history. Um, And I really just think that I should share it with you all right now. Please make sure to look up their work. They, again, have multiple things that they're known for. Um, However, I'm just going to mention a couple bodies of work that I know them for and what resonated with me the most. There's not even one word to describe these women. Like, I think one of them is a lawyer. You can say that they're activists. You can say that they are, you know, leaders um, in academia and in a lot of different things. But they, they are a lot of why I am who I am today. Um, So the first woman is Audre Lorde. She is um, really part of like first or sorry, not first, second and third wave feminism. Her works mainly focus on 
um, really just a lot of different things. But the main thing that really sticks with me when you say her name is um, Dismantling of the House. She has an essay called, hold on, I don't want to mess it up. She has an essay called The Master's Tool Will The Master's Tools Will Never Dismantle the Master's House. It's about, you know, systems of oppression and how we cannot all see, you know, success the same way and in order to get, you know, to this place of equality or whatever you want to say, we cannot use the same tools and what success means to us or to to women of color or anyone really individually um, can mean something different to different people and we can't use the same tools of oppression to get where we need to be, right? Um, That's literally the most general statement about this essay. So please, please like look into it. It's very, very interesting. The next woman who I think is very, very well known is Bell Hooks. Um, I recently just found out we have the same birthday, which I thought was really, really cool. Obviously, she's uh, a couple years older than I am, but she is um, one of the pioneers in feminist theory. Um, her works really just focus on the oppositional gaze, meaning the male gaze. She really studied, um, you know, how men were making TV and film and really just seeing the world through their eyes when in reality, that's not the only, um, perspective, right? That there is and that they were using their male gaze, meaning they were using, women as objects to feed their like sexual desires and their sexual input um again so many other things that she's known for uh she has like a book about like relationships and love called all about love where she talks about different things but she is most widely known for her work with the oppositional gaze and the male gaze is what really sticks with me Um, And then finally, we have Kimberly Crenshaw, um, who is still, you know, very, very, very um, involved with, you know, things that are happening today. I follow her on Instagram um, and she has like seminars and like different conferences and stuff that you can attend. She is a lawyer, um, but really she uh, coined the term intersectionality, intersectionality sectionality, um, which is really this idea that we are not just one thing, right? We have different identities that make us us, right? Um, so it's not just about the fact that I'm a woman, a woman. It's about, you know, how people view my race, how people view if I'm pretty or not, um, how people see uh, my socioeconomic status, right? We all have like these different identities that intersect that don't make us all just this one thing. Like I'm not just Latina, you know, I'm not just American. I'm not just a woman. Like I am all these things and this is how you should see me. Um, and I know, especially like in Southern California um, and in America, we have all these different identities, right? We have a lot of, um, I have a lot of friends that are first generation, uh, whether they be from, you know, just all different parts of the world that are struggling with this identity of like, yeah, I'm American, um, but I'm also, I also come from this heritage or I come from this nationality and that's still very much a part of who I am, but I can't be in both worlds. You know what I mean? Audre Lorde also talks a lot about this as well because, 
um, her parents were Caribbean or from the Caribbean and they had different color skin um, and she had different color skin from her parents um, and that caused for a lot of you know confusion and a lot of like questioning like what what is she like who is she to the world you know and what that means for herself and all those identities like what does that mean and at the end of the day you kind of are just who you are right um but how these identities can affect how other people see you which i thought was super super interesting um so yeah those are three women that have three black women that have really really made a huge impact in my life and i think their work is just absolutely essential amazing and they're yeah it's just amazing um if you want to talk more about it just let me know or if you guys want to know more about these three women um, and their works let me know i have a bunch of their books so if you want to like book tomorrow um and yeah i am so grateful for them and it's black history month so I just thought I'd share the three most influential black women that have impacted my life. I am now going to go into a little Q&A section. So, like I said, on Instagram, I asked you guys to ask me some questions. Um, so, I'm just going to pick a few now. The first one I got was from my cousin. Hello, Michael. Um, and since you were the first one, I'll go ahead and answer your question. Um, what thoughts slash memories do you connect with the nickname Banana? So, uh, <laughs> I don't have many nicknames, and it's mostly because I don't really like nicknames. Um, however, my family has two nicknames for me. One of them is Banana. It's not Hannah Banana. It's not anything else. It's just Banana. <laughs> or um, Hannah Hope, which Hope is my middle name. And my mom used to call me that when she was upset, um, like most parents do, right? They call you your first and middle name or your first and or your full name when they're upset with you. Um, it's comforting, I guess, but I won't let anyone else call me that. So please do not call me those names. My name is Hannah and you can call me Hannah. And that's pretty much it. If you want to call me Hannah Coda, that's fine. Um, a lot of people from high school a lot of people, like, just earlier on in life call me by my, fu my full name, which is fine. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess with Banana, honestly, Michael, I think you're one of the only people that still call me that. So, it's endearing, it's comforting, but no one else can call me that, okay? Um, going on to the next couple questions. Magdalena, you said, do you miss me? Yes, I miss you. I haven't seen you for a very long time, so you should text me. Um, I got another question. Top five all-time favorite albums. Um, okay, so I really like this question because I really had to think about it. Um, obviously, Ariana, Thank You, Next. I think that that is her best album she's ever created, so I definitely will say that one. I'm really, really still into Dua Lipa's newest album, which I believe is called Future Nostalgia. I don't th think that there's a bad song on that album. So really what is like important to me um, in an album is if you have at least five good songs, like, and I'm talking about songs that like I am constantly playing, like I have on a playlist myself, 
I think that that album constitutes as a good album. However, I don't think that there is a bad song on Future Nostalgia. I think it was beautifully created. I know it's a pop album, but like there's some funky elements. There was just like a lot of thought that went into it. So I really, really, really enjoyed that album. Um, Coloring Book by Chance the Rapper. I absolutely love that album. Again, I don't think that there is a bad song on that album. There are songs that I listen to more than other songs on that album, but I just think that that was beautifully created. It's kind of different. Each song has a different vibe. Like there's like some trap rap, I think, like in some of the songs, but then there's like R&B. Angels is my favorite song off that album. And that was like one of his first songs um, to like ever create, Um, like way before he even released that album. So I thought that was like brilliant. Another one, so that's three. My fourth one, I think is Talking Is Hard uh, by Walk the Moon. I think that that album was beautifully created. I was into Walk the Moon before they released that album, and I think that album really put them on the map. I believe that's the one that has um, Shut Up and Dance, which is the song that they're known for, but um, yeah, I, I really enjoy that whole album. Honestly, I don't really enjoy a lot of their new stuff, But that whole album just really was there for me in a time where I needed it to be. Um, So that one was great. And I think the last one I have to, I have to like mention Mariah, right? Or maybe like The Killers, like all hits like album with The Killers because The Killers have some really good songs, right? But their albums as wholes, I don't know. I'm a little skeptical or maybe like uh, the live version from Coldplay like one of their live albums oh my goodness that is like amazing or like yeah the emancipation of Mimi that one of those has to tie for like fifth place but those are my favorite five albums which I think are very representative representative of who I am um yeah I think that is just like really just who I am Another question is, they're making a movie about your life, and you are the director. Who would you cast to play you? Um, my answer to this question has always been Emma Watson, but I said this to my significant other, and he thinks that that is just, like, the furthest person that should be playing me, but it's Emma Watson. She's amazing. She's perfect. She can be sassy. I'm a little sassy, so she can be sassy. Um, another question is, what's your opinion on Justin Timberlake's apology to Britney Spears and Janet Jackson? Girl, let me tell you. When I saw this apology, I read it through and through, and I think it was beautifully created, right? So whoever he hired, or whoever, his publicist, or his manager, whoever created this statement, 10 out of 10, you hit every single box, right? You took full responsibility, you don't want to be a part of, you know, the oppression, you don't want to further the oppression, however, you know, it was a long time ago, and, you know, blah, 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 like, I think the statement was perfect for him, right? However, (laughs) after fully watching that documentary, um, and just, like, knowing the things that I know, it's a little too late for me. I think the apology was good from a PR standpoint, and will probably, like, stay with him, like, in his career. 
as like, okay, like he handled this well. But come on, bro. Like in that documentary, they fully like just let him out, right? They fully were just like, hey, um, yeah, I admit to having sex with Britney Spears, even though Britney Spears had fully like stated multiple times that she was going to wait till marriage. And like, you just, you knew what you were doing even back then. I don't care what you really have to say. Um, another one, London or France. So I have been to both countries. I love them both equally. If I had to choose a place to live, I think it would be London, but I love France. I will always take the opportunity to go back there. Um, what is one thing you miss doing pre-pandemic? Going to concerts. <laughs> I can, I don't need to go to a bar ever again in my life. I don't need to go to a club ever again in my life. Um, concerts and like going to the movies. Those are the two biggest things that I miss just because those were like my sense of happiness and I just, I truly miss that. And the final question is, do you think couples should split the cost? Um, so this was a tricky question for me because my obvious answer is I want to say yes. Um, however, it is a partnership, right? So like if I'm going to pay for lunch and you want to pay for dinner, that's how we work things out. Um, I've never had an issue with my significant other with this. We've always gone 50-50 like when it comes to money. Um so yeah, I think it's also a conversation that you need to have with your significant other. Like, how do you want to do this? How do you feel most comfortable? Some people are like, you know what? You are this person in this relationship. So I think that you need to take care of all of this. Um, but also like their love language, y'all. Like if they like to be bought things and cared for and that's how they feel loved, then yeah, maybe you're going to pay most of the time if that that's what that person wants and needs. Um, but I definitely think in my personal relationship, it is definitely 50-50. And like I said, we've never had issues with that. Um, but yeah, so that was a cool little Q&A portion. Um, I'm going to go ahead and jump into the news now. There's not a lot that I want to talk about, but the things I do want to talk about, I am very opinionated on. <laughs> so let's go ahead and jump into that. Okay, so let's go ahead and talk about what happened last week. So I'm going to jump into TV and movies because I feel like there were some TV shows and <laughs> the ultimate movie uh, to all the boys forever and always or always and forever, whatever it is, um, you know, because yesterday was Valentine's Day. So I think a lot of people watched it as their like little Valentine's date or their Galentine's date. Uh, but first, let me go into TV. So a lot of people are talking about the Cecil Hotel, which... Um, like it's a documentary ish like type of crime feel uh that is on netflix right now it's number one trending as of yesterday sunday um february 14th so really if you lived like in la during that time back in 2013 this was all over the news like i remember waking up one morning and my grandparents or my parents were watching the news and at that time, it was my senior year in high school, so I was probably getting ready for school or something, and uh, that was all they were playing in the news for, like, the whole month that, um, you know, I'm not going to give any spoilers, but it is about a um, crime case uh, of, of a young lady that died, 
um, in the Cecil Hotel. And it, it just kind of goes like over the whole case. I didn't remember how that ended. And so watching the whole thing through and just figuring out like and piecing together what I knew and what I didn't know was kind of interesting. I had already known that the Cecil Hotel was kind of creepy. I believe that they based one of the seasons of America, American Horror Story off of it. Um, the one with Lady Gaga, I believe. Um, I didn't watch that whole season. I actually just watched it because Lady Gaga was in it, but I think I only watched like the first couple episodes. Um, but that was the hotel that it was based off of. And yeah, it's a really creepy hotel with a lot of history. The whole documentary as a whole reminded me a lot of the Night Stalker. It was very much through the eyes of uh, like the public as well as um, the LAPD and the LAPT LAPD detectives that were working on the case firsthand. Honestly, the biggest thing that I got from that documentary, The Cecil Hotel, and really The Night Stalker, is that we truly don't know what's going on um, until like years later, right? So like that's when um, our law enforcement feel comfortable enough to give out details because it's all been, you know, through and through and a lot of the stuff they can't give out because it's illegal. It's an ongoing investigation. And then we also see what happened in the public side in which this case very much reflects, right? Um, because at one point the public started to get involved and really wanted to help out with the case. But a lot of things happened after that because the public was involved and you kind of just see like, I don't know, the pros and cons of all of it. Um, and, and it's a really, it's a really good documentary. It's only four episodes. I uh, suggest that you go check it out. Um, if you like those type of crime investigating shows, I thought it was pretty good. Again, very similar to The Night Stalker. Um, something I have to say real quick. I don't watch The Bachelor, so if you are coming here for me to talk about The Bachelor or to get updates about The Bachelor, I'm sorry that this is not that podcast that you're going to get <laughs> updates about The Bachelor. I, again, listen to a lot of podcasts, I watch a lot of podcasts, and I feel like every week it's mentioned because it's like in season right now, and I know that there was a bunch of drama that happened last week, but I don't... And it's weird because you would think that that would be like one of my guilty pleasures, but it's not. I don't enjoy it. And I think it's actually like extremely degrading and I don't know, not okay. It's not my type of entertainment, even though I think it should be, but it's not. I've tried watching it. I've tried to get into it. And every single season I am disappointed. The same thing with The Bachelorette. So I'm sorry. You're just not going to get a lot of updates from me. And I thought I'd just state that. Um, not that anyone was asking, but... It's just not my cup of tea. Another episode of WandaVision came out, which I thought a lot of the references were funny. I was so upset since this week is like the 90s um, theme. I was so wanting them to do Full House. Why couldn't they do Full House? Like, why couldn't they do the Full House opening? Do you know how iconic that would have been? But whatever. I'm also not going to give any spoilers, but we do learn more about the plot um, you know, Vision discovers some things, and it was a pretty good episode. I am excited for next week's. I watched the full thing of Framing Britney Spears. 
I um really thought that we knew most of that stuff but I realized like the mass like general public probably didn't know what was happening in her life currently and what's been going on for the past 10 years with her father Jamie and just like the situation that she's in with her conservatorship and yeah there were some updates this past week and I don't think anything has fully been 100% decided yet I think her father still has control of most of her finances but we are getting to a place so if you see the hashtag free Britney it's freeing Britney from her father because her father currently pretty much controls and has control of everything that she does specifically her finances at one point he had control over every business deal that she ever did um and he gets a profit from it. I believe they said 1.5% or something around there, um, that he gets profited from just being her father. (laughs) I don't know, but I am with this movement. Hashtag free Britney is, yes, yes, I'm with it. Uh, something else I just wanted to not, uh, to talk about in TV really quick. If you are, part of the Great British Bake Off world, Nadia, one of the girls who won one season, I think she won like season four, five, I don't know, something like that. It was early on. Um, she has her own show and I know it was on the BBC and I follow her on Instagram. So I know that this show was like premiered in the UK, like a couple months back, but they put it on Netflix and it's so cute. I love her so much. She's one of the first bakers like I was rooting for like through and through. Raul is my favorite um, bake-off winner. I was rooting for him that entire season literally since season one or sorry from episode one and yeah I'm so invested in this show. I love her. She's so sweet and she has such a big personality and just seems so genuine but yeah if you're a Great British Bake Off fan and if you're not go watch it almost all of the seasons are on Netflix the first few seasons are not on there but it's fine just jump in there it's so wholesome there's no drama and you just they're like each 10 episodes I think or seven or eight episodes something like that and it's such just like a heartwarming show. <laughs> I always wanted to watch it, but never had the time. And this pandemic gave me that time. And I'm 100% a fan. Uh, going into movies. Okay, so we have to talk about To All the Boys. The third and final movie. Um, <laughs> the first one I was really into um, because it is a series from Jenny Han. I love Jenny Han. I grew up reading all of her books, um, specifically um, The Summer I Felt Pretty and that series, if you know what I'm talking about. I've posted about it on my socials before, um, but I love, love, love that series and I wish that they would make it next honestly uh, because it's like a summer movie and like really just like perfect I think for like this type of crowd and this type of genre so I hope she makes that next but we'll see uh, but yeah Jenny Han came out with To All the Boys um, I forget what the first one is called To All the Boys something and then the second one's To All the Boys P.S. I Love You and then this one this final third one always and forever or forever no always and forever I thought it was very cringe and maybe just because I'm getting to that age where it's like these rom-coms are just not doing it for me anymore but I don't know I just felt like it was very cringe um I'm happy with the ending I guess um I just think in like this is a little bit of spoiler alert 
But like if you read the books and if you're a fan, I hope that you already watched it. But if you haven't, then just don't listen. But I think it's super, super, super unrealistic to try to keep a relationship from high school to college. And honestly, I can only think of like one couple, maybe two couples that that dated all in high school and then moved to college and like maybe they're engaged now or they like still have a life. But I just feel like that's so unrealistic, like honestly, like and I don't think that it should be put in our media, that that's something that is expected, that that is something that should, you know, happen. Like when you go to college, you literally become a completely different person. I am not the person I was when I was 17 when I went to college. I am not the person I was when I was 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, and like even when I afterwards, like when I graduated. Mind you, I started dating my significant other in college, but from the time we started dating to where we are now, completely different, right? And we grew with each other, but I just don't think that that's realistic from high school to college because there's a lot of individual growing that you need to do and like have done in the process that you need to do by yourself. So that's my thing and that's like a Jenny Han thing that she repeats in many stories of like this long lost love that you have when you're younger and then you somehow connect when you're older and you've always been in love with this person and blah blah blah. Like I get it, it's a complete like rom-com love story. But I just don't think we should be teaching people that. Like when you hit 18 or 17, whatever age you go to college and you go away, you should be trying to find out who you are, not who you are with someone else. And that's my personal opinion. So that was my only thing about it. Um, I thought it was better than the second one. The second one really made me upset because she should have never picked Peter ever, 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 ever. I don't know why she picked him. But again, Jenny Han, always coming in. Um, Some other movies that I watched, I'm starting to get ready for, again, the Golden Globes. So I watched The Trial of the Chicago 7, and like, spoiler alert, I think it's going to win. I think it's going to win everything it's nominated for. It is such a good movie. It is such a good reflection of where we are in America And it happened back in the late 60s. I believe it's 69 and it goes into like the early 70s. But it is exactly what is happening right now. Um, So I think you need to watch it. It's amazing. Sasha Baron Cohen, I think, is hilarious, but also in a very serious like way. I I just think it was brilliant and it was really good. Um, Going into music, T-Swift announced... This last week, she is going to be dropping her albums, her re-recorded albums. So if you don't know the drama with this, let me just break it down real quick because I have extensive knowledge of this, like, situation. So Taylor Swift, right, she is about to sign her first record deal with this country-ish label. I believe there's another, like, famous, um, like, artist on this label country artist as well and she's just trying to get her start in the world right and so she signs with this country label from based out of Nashville Tennessee when she's first starting up like we're talking teardrops of my guitar right that album and she signs this deal that her first I believe it was five albums but I guess it was six the first six albums that she writes will will be belong to this label. She has no rights to it. It belongs to the label and 
but they'll put it out for her, they'll market it for her, and that's what a label essentially is, right? So she signs this deal, not really knowing anything, you know, she's first coming in, and of course, she becomes this smash hit. I am not the biggest fan of Taylor Swift. However, I do respect her craft, right? I think she knows what she's doing. However, it's not my cup of tea, and I don't particularly like her as a person. So she does this, and then she wants the rights to her, like, the the rights to her songs. And so what ends up happening is she already kind of has beef with this Scooter Braun person, right? So Scooter Braun is a manager of artists. He is Usher's manager now. He was originally Justin Bieber's. He's now Demi Lovato's manager. Ashley Graham, who is a model. Tori Kelly, who is another singer. Ariana. Um, not originally, but as of now. This is his, like, client list, right? Jay Balvin. He is a manager of so many people. But, yeah, he was growing during this time. He originally started with Justin Bieber, though. Like, that was who Justin got off of YouTube with, was Scooter Braun. Um, so now Taylor, um, has this unsaid drama with Scooter Braun because at that time when that whole Kanye thing happened, um, with Kanye going up on stage saying that Beyonce should have won video of the year, whatever it was, because Beyonce's album was better, her music video was better, whatever Taylor won, Beyonce should have gotten and, you know, Kanye jumped on the stage and said that Beyonce, it should have been Beyonce's. At this time, Scooter Braun is Kanye's manager. And so... Or has some association with Kanye. So Taylor now associates Scooter Braun with Kanye because obviously Scooter Braun is associated with him. He's part of his team. He's given him advice. As of now, I don't believe Scooter Braun is managing Kanye, but they do have a relationship in that sense, right? Um, and so Taylor Swift is not Scooter Braun's friend or whatever. So the label is going back to like the country label the label is not giving taylor the rights to her songs it's not happening and i believe they're actually folding and they want to save the label right they want to sell the label mind you taylor swift's dad is now a part of the executive board of that label um and yeah she had sold those songs those albums to the label they were in full legal right to keep them from her, although it is pretty shady, you know, those are her songs, she wrote them, (laughs) those are her, that's her money, you know, that they should have given her, but they didn't, and if we're talking legally, they had full legal rights over those albums, so now the label is wanting to sell, and guess who they sell to, they sell to Scooter Braun and one other person who I'm blanking on the name right now, but the Scooter Braun and this partner buy the label, and so Taylor already not having a good relationship with Scooter Braun because of the whole Kanye thing is now, and like the whole Justin Bieber thing where, you know, like that phone conversation with Kim and I don't know, all that drama, right? Now Taylor is asking Scooter Braun and she doesn't want to because again, she believes those songs are owed to her. And Scooter says, well, I'll give them to you, but you got to pay for them. And again, shady. I think that's shady. Like as a person, you should probably just give it to her, right? But Scooter was like, look, I'm willing to work with you. I want to work with you. I want to give you your songs, but it costs money. Give give me X amount of money. And so for the past couple years that all this drama has been going on, that's what she's been doing. She's been buying back her own work, which I, again, think is messed up. But again, legally and like on the business side of things, this is all like legal. This is all... <laughs> 
like how you do things and this happens to a lot of artists it happened to jojo that's why for a long time we couldn't get any of her like leave get out or it's a little too late we couldn't hear any of those songs on spotify or anything like that because this is what happened to her and her label it happens all the time I think it's pretty shady. I think Scooter should have just given Taylor her songs back so that they can squash the drama and be done with it. But this is what he wanted to do because of how much money Taylor Swift is worth, right? She could afford it. And of course, I think he was like trying to sell them, sell them to her for like $3 million or something like that. She has the money. It's not like she doesn't. But it's also the precedent. Like why should Taylor have to buy back her albums? They're her albums, Whatever. So she's buying one album back at a time and she just released that she is um, releasing two more of those six albums that the label has. She's re-releasing them. She re-recorded them and here they are. She's re-releasing them and that's what she announced this week. Um, I believe she still has three more albums or two more albums that she needs to buy back and that's what she's doing right now. Bad Bunny and Rosalia dropped um not dropped their new song because the song has been on bad bunny's album for a minute but they dropped the new video (sighs) look i know that they're not together and i know that they probably will never be together but they look so cute i ship them so much i love rosalia i love her and of course i love bad bunny but them together amazing um also this past week normani gave us a little sample of some music that she's working on and if you guys can tell from the title i'll be talking about fifth harmony in this episode and i'll talk about normani actually i won't because normani wasn't part of the story but i'm happy for her i'm really happy for all their solo careers i think they're doing really well um and yeah i i'm happy that she's releasing new music i like her What happened in the internet? At the beginning of the week, Lauren London was um, trending, and I think this is so messed up. Supposedly, it got out that she was pregnant. If you you don't know who Lauren London is, she um, was married to Nipsey Hussle, and they just had the most perfect relationship, at least that's what it looked like from the outside, and people were saying that she is pregnant, and it's just like, come on, don't, don't freaking do that. Like, it's just so horrible to her. Um, Cal State LA was trending at the beginning of this week. Uh, that is my alma mater. I will say that. Um, and it's over a cheating scandal. The whole thing is just so ridiculous. Like we just, we need to move on with that. Right. But I just, I feel like I had to mention it. Um, in New York right now, it sounds like they have triple doubled the police presence in the subways um, because there have been four stabbings in less than 24 hours. So if you're listening from New York or if this is happening to you, I hope you're staying safe. It sounds like there is a serial, I don't want to say serial killer, but definitely someone who's cr- committing the same crimes in the subway system. So hope that's, you know, you guys stay safe, stay safe. Um, Vanessa Hudgens and Cole Tucker yesterday on Valentine's Day released that they were dating. I follow Vanessa Hudgens on Twitter and I just think that she is such a fairy. Like that is like the best word I can describe of her. Like she is just so all over the place. Like she's just such a light, which is not what I expected her to be, but she's just like a wild child, you know? Um, but yeah, she posted yesterday officially that she has a new boyfriend, um, you know, she's been single, I think, for like the past year or two after coming out of a really committed relationship. So I hope she's happy. Uh, just mentioning stuff in politics. Um, 
Trump's impeachment trial was this past week. They have found that he is not um, guilty, basically, of inciting the riots that happened on January 6th um, at the Capitol, that he he does not have any direct involvement, which is sad because another um, thing that he mentioned was, I guess, after he was found like not guilty, was that um, he said that, you know, this is just the beginning of my movement or something of those words. And it's just, yeah, I guess he's planning on running in 2024. So we'll see how all of that plans out. Just to kind of talk about the world and world worldly events um, in France, I know I mentioned earlier, um, France's cases have skyrocketed. They have the sixth highest like death rate and like COVID cases in the world. And mind you, France is not that big. Um, so they're thinking about going into another lockdown, but they had over 21,000 cases last week. And that's a lot for such a small country. Um, and I just hope that everything is okay over there. But yeah, that's pretty much all I had to talk about in the news. Um, I didn't really talk too much about sports because I feel like nothing major happened. There's a bunch of trading going on in baseball. I know the PGA Tour just started. Um, so I'm just like watching certain things um, in golf. And then in basketball, I feel like nothing major really happened either. And yeah, that was the news portion. I'm going to go ahead and go into my story time about Camilla Cabello. So this one is a really fun story to tell. Um, so it happened back in 2014. Um, so I was either 18 or 19 years old. And um, it starts off with my two best friends, Alana and Ashley. Um, they have been my two best friends since I was about three years old. I've known them my entire life. And I share a lot of my fangirl stories with them, if not all of them. We were really crazy at this time. Um, we were really willing to do anything and, and, and everything uh, to try to meet <laughs> Harry Styles um, or really any member of One Direction. And if you're part of this fandom, you know how cringe that kind of is to say. Uh, but we were willing to do anything to meet Harry Styles. So one day... Um, there was a 1975 concert happening, and we were, I think, contemplating if we should go, like, the days before, but really, we just, like, went on a whim. I was not a fan of the 1975 at this time. They weren't really that big. They weren't huge, um, but I know that they were liked, right, from, like, by a lot of people, especially, like, my two best friends, Lon and Ashley. They liked their music. They were fond of them. Um, but the main reason we were all going was try to try to meet Harry Styles. I think at this time, we all knew that Harry, like, really liked the 1975, and we knew that he was in town, meaning that he was in LA, and we just knew that there was a really big chance that he was going to be there, and it was probably a good idea to try to go so we could try to get a picture or to try to just say hi or whatever it may be. I was living in LA at that time, so my two best friends dropped everything, and they came and picked me up, and we went to this venue that was in LA, and I'm not going to say what venue it was, um, but it was a smaller venue. Only a couple thousand people um, could be in this venue at this time. It was in April of 2014, and I know this now because we have some timestamps to refer to um, that come later on in the story, uh, so... 
it was pretty good weather, you know, in LA, there's always pretty good weather, but we were standing outside the back door where all of, like, the VIP guests always go in, like, all the celebrities so that they can get dropped off real quick and just run inside. We knew that this was an entrance that Harry would use. This is the only entrance he would probably use um, due to, like, other fangirls taking pictures with other celebrities there, paparazzi pictures. We just knew that if Harry was going to come to this concert, he was going to enter through this door. So we get there, we park, we go to the store, we're waiting out there for hours, right? Like for hours. And there's a security guard that's outside the door. And we know that the security guard has tickets because we see him like giving out tickets to other people. I think, I swear, I remember at one point, someone from the inside of the venue, like a production person came out and like handed him tickets and VIP wristbands, like if so-and-so comes, like almost like a check-in. Um, so we knew that he had tickets. Again, we were out there for hours, right? Just waiting for Harry to show up, to pop his little face, and, like, so we could just try to get a picture with him. And then the show is about to start. We're losing hope. We see the security guard give out tickets to other people, and we're just like, you know what? Let's just ask him, because at this point, we might as well just go to the concert or try to find some way in just in case Harry's already inside. It's a small venue. It's just an easier chance of, like, seeing him or meeting him. Um, it's a GA um, venue, so it's, like, all standing room. Like, you know, like, it's a very good chance that we could probably meet Harry inside, too. So my friend Alana goes up to the security guard and asks for tickets, and he's kind of like, no, like, th that's not what this is, you know? And then it's literally right about the, sh right about the time the concert's going to start. And no one's there except for us three at, at this point and the security guard. And I think we finally all go up to him and then like, look, I know you have extra tickets. The show's going to start. No one else is coming. Like, can you just give us the tickets? And he was like, you know what? fine but like you didn't get these tickets for me like blah 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 and he hands us two tickets as well as two vip wristbands and we're like oh my gosh like this is crazy so we were like thank you and we immediately walked away towards like the main entrance of the um of this venue so that we could try to go in but mind you there was only two tickets, only two wristbands, and I, again, I wasn't interested in seeing the 1975 at this point. I like the 1975 now. I saw them at Coachella last year. They were really good, um, but I wasn't a huge fan. I barely, I think, even knew one song, maybe two songs, so I was like, you know what? You guys can go in. Like, it's fine, and this man that's walking by overhears me telling my friends, like, hey, you guys can go inside, like, I'll just wait in the car, like, it's okay, and he's like, oh, like, do you need an extra ticket, um, I have one right here, and we were like, what, he's like, yeah, I'll give it to you for, like, 30 bucks, or 40 bucks, or whatever, we ended up negotiating, and I was like, you know what, I'm willing to give you 20 bucks, me thinking that the ticket's not gonna work, it's a fake ticket, like, whatever, and I give him 20 bucks, and we go to the front door, fully expecting this ticket not to scan, not to work, and, it does like the ticket works and we're all three inside this venue and we get to see the concert and we fully like watch the concert me I'm still looking out for Harry to see if he's there if we could see him um, but we don't see Harry during the concert we didn't see Harry obviously go in through the VIP door at the beginning so we're like okay kind of all hope is lost at this point but now we have these VIP wristbands we should at least try to go into VIP to see like what everything is about but we only had two. We only had two VIP wristbands. So 
what ended up happening was I let my two best friends put on the wristband and we all walked in together. And of course, there's a guy checking for wristbands um, at the entrance of the VA, like of the VIP entrance. And so <laughs> I let my two best friends go and I don't have a wristband, but I'm like, he stops me, the security guard in front of the VIP entrance. And he says, wait, wait, wait. Like, and we try to just like rush in and he was like, wait, wait, wait. And I was like, no, no, no. Like I'm with them. Like, I'm with them, I don't have a wristband, but they have a wristband, and I'm with them. And I was just, I guess, very convincing, or, like, the guy just, like, didn't care. And he was just like, whatever, and, like, let me in. <laughs> let me into VIP. And we were like, okay. And then he kind of just, like, stopped, and, like, we kept walking. Like, we didn't want him to be like, wait, wait, wait. But then he, like, was like, wait, 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 do we, hold on, hold on, hold on. And he pulled another wristband, like, out of some pocket or some whatever, and he was like, you need to put this on because you know, you could get kicked out, like, if, if people see that you don't have a wristband, and I was like, okay, like, whatever, and he puts on a wristband on my wrist, and we walk into VIP. Again, the stars were probably aligning this night, because everything happened, right? Everything up to this point, except for the real reason why we were there, which was to meet Harry. Who knows? Maybe we're gonna meet Harry in VIP, so we get to VIP and we're just kind of walking around. It's just like a private bar. There's like some like booths and stuff. And then there was like a photo booth um, where you could take pictures. So me and my two best friends were like, you know what? We might as well have memories of this night. So we went to go take pictures in, the, in these photo booths. There was like another photo booth like right next to ours. And when we come out of our photo booth, we see Camila um, Allie and Lauren from Fifth Harmony. Mind you, at this time, I think they had just gotten off of the X Factor, so they weren't really that big, but I knew of them and my two best friends knew of them. We knew of them because we had a friend, which I don't know if she wants me to mention her name, so I won't, but let's call her Susie. <laughs> um, we had a friend, Susie, who was a huge fan of Fifth Harmony, followed them from the very first day that they ever got put together, and was so was so was such a big fan of them that actually ended up becoming one of their, their friends. Like, she supported them so much that she had seen and met them so much that they, she was now friends with Fifth Harmony. And so we're friends with Susie. So we were like, you know what? Let's call up Susie and let's see if, you know, Camila or um, Lauren or Allie want to talk to her, you know, like that'd be pretty cool. And so I call on my phone, I call Susie and I'm like, hey, Susie, like Camila's right here. And I think she was closest to Camila at the time. So we were like, okay, like, let's say like Camila's here. And she's like, no way, like, give the phone to her. And I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> okay. And so I walk up to Camila and I'm like, hey, um, I think you know our friend Susie. She's on the phone, like, she wants to talk to you. And Camila immediately grabs my phone, literally, like, grabs my hand, grabs my phone, and is like, oh, my God, Susie, like, how are you? Like, girl, why are you not here? Blah, 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 blah. And she starts to kind of walk away with my phone. She doesn't go too far, but I'm just kind of like, this is weird. And then we're standing next to Lauren and Allie, me and my two best friends, Alana and Ashley, and we're kind of just like, okay, this is kind of awkward, but whatever. And then me and Alana and Ashley are talking, and the VIP area is starting to, like, close out. Again, there's not really that much to do in VIP. 
And then all of a sudden, we see this person come from, like, the backstage area or, like, this door that was in the back of VIP. And it looked like a production person. And he comes up to Camila while Camila has my phone and is like, okay, we're ready for you. And Camila starts walking away towards the backstage with my phone. And I'm, like, thinking in my head, like, I'm never going to get my phone back. Like, what? where is she going? So, literally, the second she like is about to enter this backstage area I run up to her and I'm like wait wait like you still on my phone she's still talking to Susie like I'm like what's going on and then I she's like oh yeah 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 here you go here and just kind of like throws my phone at me and like walks into the backstage area and us like not really thinking of it and we were like wow like that was kind of weird like this has been a night you know all the stars have aligned and it was a great night so we just leave VIP and we're like you know what we haven't seen Harry um it's just not gonna happen I guess like he didn't come which he didn't he never showed up he never came to the concert but we go we start walking to our car you know we're in the parking lot and as we're driving home we see on Twitter that Camila Lauren and Allie went backstage to go meet the 1975 they all are posting pictures with Maddie the lead singer um and that's where they went (laughs) when she was about to take my phone and now I regret it to this day that I should have just let her take my phone so that we had an excuse to go backstage to be like no Camila has my phone I need it and who knows we were getting lucky that night it could have happened you know uh but that's just one of the crazy stories that used to happen to me in my fangirl life um Gosh, like, I wonder if she even remembers. I highly doubt it. It was probably just one little night in her life before Fifth Harmony became, you know, really big. And I know after the fact, my friends that were friends with Fifth Harmony, like, still hung out with them. And I think they talked about this story. So, I don't know. It was just one of those nights where everything was just kind of aligning. It was a weird night. Um, And sometimes, the moral of the story is that sometimes you just got to go with it. Sometimes you just kind of have to fake it till you make it, Um, and you never know what's going to happen. But yeah, that was the end of episode three. Please make sure to like, subscribe, comment, leave a review, check out all my new socials, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. Those are my four. All of them at Honestly Hannah Podcast, except for my Twitter, Honestly Hannah C. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and this was Honestly Hannah. (laughs) 